Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How are things this week, Derek? Anything new? Anything exciting? Anything... Anything? <laughs> I was waiting to see how far you go for the line of questioning. <laughs> Dude, I could go on and on and on. <laughs> 52 minutes I could go on if you wanted. Uh, actually, there is something I just came across, and uh, I thought it was interesting. It's it's kind of weird, and usually you find this type of thing is, is relegated to looking for something going on in government or whatever things are going on with the police forces and stuff like that, right? Freedom of information request. Yes. So I came across this article. The uh, Some gentleman, he... He, him and his, his son, he's a like professional fisherman, and him and his boy, they went into Algonquin Park, and he knew of a, of a lake where the fish were good. About 15 years ago, he caught some nice uh, brookies and stuff. And uh, so he, him and his boy decided to do a trip route through the same route. And uh, so he hit, again, his big fishing hole, caught some really nice fish. He has some pictures on his uh, Facebook and stuff. But uh, it, uh, he... He did a YouTube video, everybody's YouTube videos. Anyways, he got so much interest on this YouTube video. He got a whole, like 127 personal requests for where did you catch the fish? He didn't actually tell them. No, he, of course not. You wouldn't tell people that. Right? You'd hope not. And and for, and for one main reason is like when, when you do find a fishing hole, if you start telling people or you start blabbing it on, on, uh, on forums and stuff, People are going to go and swamp that place. And oh yeah, they're going to fish it dry, and yeah. so you're 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 being uh, you're doing a disservice to the fishing population in that uh, in that lake. Anyway, so he denied them. He politely denied them. Said no, I I can't tell you where it is. I, I need to protect the fish stocks in that area and whatever. And uh, so interestingly, some guy and he only found out about it from Algonquin Park. So the park staff sent him a note saying. We received this. We have to inform you. So somebody put in a freedom of information request to find out what his travel route was. And because you book lakes and you have a specific route. And so that stuff is sitting in the files at Algonquin Park. So somebody put in a freedom of information request. It's it's not, it can be expensive and it's not cheap to do a freedom of information request depending on the processing fees. So somebody was so desperate to find the fishing hole they, they this is kind of stuff you just like you want to find what scandal is going on in city hall you put in a freedom of information request not for a fishing spot <laughs> something like that you should be allowed to, to go to that guy's house and slap him across the face what are you thinking uh, seriously it's a unbelievable. freedom of information act because you want to find out where to catch some fish yes wow that's pathetic. It's weird, eh? That is, you know what? That's about 15 <laughs> steps beyond pathetic. I've got no time for that sort of thing. I thought it was hilarious. And the, the park did say that they uh, they didn't release the information, but they didn't say, they, they alluded to the fact that they may have to release it if it's pushed. Yeah, because they're, you can apply for it. And if they say they're not giving it to you, you can you can appeal it. And yes. So, it can get pricey on behalf of the person that wants that information. Depending on how much processing yeah. paperwork and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be very expensive. And, and it's like, you know, like, uh, like police forces have used the, uh, the trick of uh, charging $2.50 to review a piece of paper. And, well, we have a thousand pieces of paper to review if you really want us to go through with this. And it's like, so it could, you know, could end up being thousands of dollars. and Just to catch a fish? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to the supermarket and buying one for half the price. <laughs> so yeah, it, wow. so it's interesting and the guy wow. and and you I understand and a lot of people some people may not understand but I understand why you keep a fishing hole secret. And the main part is like of course you want to keep it to yourself for yourself but also you don't want this massive migration of fishermen heading for this secret spot and fishing it dry. Yeah. You can, next time you come back a month later and there's only like little minnows in there, right? Because like, they've fished it because out. Because people abuse it, yes. right? Well, my brother and I, we went looking, man, this was a, this was a number of years ago. He, he contacted me and said, we got to go on a fishing trip up Northern Ontario because there's this trout called the Aurora trout. 
basically you, this this trout is so red on the bottom if you turn them upside down it looks like a sunset like a bright red sunset oh. beautiful looking fish i think i've seen pictures of that and they only open three lakes per year that you can fish and every year the three lakes change oh okay right to maintain stocks yes yeah so a that's healthy cool fishing we, stock. We, we made our plans. We drove all the way up there. We hit these lakes and didn't catch a thing. And then on our way out, because Englehart, uh, Ontario, has the, I call it the Hills Fish, um, where, where they, they stock fish, they make the fish. Okay, yeah, fish farm. Type fish thing. farm. Not a, well, not a farm, but um, oh, I'm totally losing what fish, I'm Yeah. <laughs> a fish emporium. <laughs> it's with the ministry. They yes. they they get the fish. They they breed the fish and all that to restock the lakes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we stopped in there, and we we're talking to the guy. He says they actually have them there. So he got a big net. He brought one out, and we looked at it. Took a couple of pictures. Cool. Beautiful looking nice. fish. And he says you should have made this your first stop, because during the winter months, all the lakes, people going with their skidoos. Because they know they're in there and fish them out. Really? Yeah. So we basically wasted 18 days huh. fishing for nothing. Well. But that's that's the same thing. You still got to go. Well, no, but. It's still a good time, but yeah, you couldn't catch anything. It was we a went trip for one them. one purpose. Yes. So, and it was, yeah. it was a total waste for that. But yeah, we had a great time anyway. Um, it's that's, unfortunate, eh? Because in, I've heard stories like that before. Like, you know, summer fishermen tend to uh, not get any fish because in the wintertime people do. They, they, they put go out with these their snowmobiles and, lines yeah. and, and they have like 15 rods hanging through holes across the lake and they just run across and keep pulling the fish out left, right and center, right? Yep. And, and that's exactly what you're saying there. Like why this guy doesn't want to give up his secret yeah. spot. Yeah. You know, because that's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to go. You're going to do, and yeah, you're going to go out next two years down the road, and there's not going to be anything there. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I I hope that the person that did this freedom of information thing doesn't, hope he get, doesn't anything. get anything. Yeah. But you know what? On the other on the other side of it, if there are that many people trying to weasel their way into getting that spot, mm-hmm. tell them where it is. Don't tell them the real where it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give, you know, oh yeah, it's over yeah. in the West. No, tell them to go East. West Arm of yeah. Uncle Lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Giggle snicker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that I, I've, that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. Go you find know? your own fish. Yeah. You know what? You're not a fisherman at that point. Yeah. You know, in the terms of yeah. conservation and mm-hmm. doing it for the sport, you know, why don't yeah, you might as well just put a bunch of them in a fish farm and, yeah. and go there. If that's yeah. what you want to do, I'll tell you where the fish farm is and you can pay by the inch, <laughs> you, know, you know, that sort of thing. Um, along the lines of things that you don't think they, that they were what you thought they were and, uh, things that, uh, you're just not expecting. I was brought uh, a little piece of a tidbit of information, the paddle sports retailer show. Yes. The inaugural one is this, the end of October, uh, sorry, end of August, beginning of September. Yeah. Down in Madison, Wisconsin, where Canucopia is. Mm-hmm. So Canucopia is in the spring, and the Paddle Sports Retailer Show is in the fall. Okay. I'm thinking, wow, this would be cool. Two shows you can go to and buy stuff and whatnot. Um, the Paddle Sports Retailer be- Show began with a very simple concept: create a high-quality trade show for paddlers by paddlers. Held a time of year when retailers can actually attend and a location that is affordable and accessible to most of the country. So yeah, right in the middle of it. The majority of the seasons, paddling seasons done. So the, the, you know, the retailers can go, they're not worried about their stores and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Um, you get all the trade people there, all the suppliers who, you yeah. know, the, and the number, if you go to their web, you go to the website, paddlesportsretailer.com and see who's going to be there hawking mm-hmm. their wares. Like, Wow. You could see the, now it's interesting because well, obviously this isn't for the general public. This is going to be for retailers. Well, and that's the big thing that, stock yeah. their shelves for the season and stuff like that. And what I find interesting is uh, like you go, like you go to any sportsman show and it's like one individual will buy one individual life jacket or one individual mm-hmm. canoe. You get to go to a retail, retailer's show and you can see how retailers like, uh, what's the. Mountain Equipment Co-op or yeah. Sale or. or 
complete paddler. They're going to go there and say, okay, I'll take uh, 20 of those canoes and I'll take 15 of those. I'll take eight of those kayaks. And you know what I mean? This is where the industry really could make its money, right? Yeah. And the industry, this industry is really growing in leaps and bounds, right? It's, uh, It's interesting to see how fast things have turned over and changed in the last few years and i i think it's you know there's a lot to do with like social media and stuff like that it's, it's oh everybody's it's seeing what everybody else is doing out there yeah you know i mean back in what the 80s 90s everybody's becoming a couch potato they yeah. weren't getting out exactly and yeah. now you see everybody yeah. putting all these videos out. i mean capper christine is putting out videos mm-hmm. david lee passionate paddler he's putting out you know pictures and and trip stuff and whatnot yes. jim baird he's putting out pictures yeah. and here's where we're going stuff and like this is something that you, you would have to, in the past, you had to rely on major television uh, channels. Like you would, like, you know, you, you'd see like real fishing with Reno Viola or whatever. Yeah. Like back in the day, like that these were big shows with big money behind them, with big advertisers, yep. you know, advertising Shimano and whatever uh, boats. Ranger or, boats. And... Yeah. And so back in the day, that's the only way you get to see people in the backcountry fishing or doing something like that. Or if it was sport, if it was paddling sport, it was like you'd be major competitions, Olympics and so on. But now with social media, with the advent of Facebook and uh, Instagram and YouTube, especially YouTube. YouTube's right? huge. And that. so you're... People are learning in leaps and bounds what humans are capable of. And no, and again, like with uh, the way things go, like we have so much spare time now with uh, the way work and automation is advancing. People are able to take more and more vacation. Like it's life is getting better. And, yeah. And with that, people are getting out there and getting into the backcountry. And so th- with the industry growing like that, it, I think this is why you see this move to retailer shows. Well, and I, uh, when I first heard about it, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? End of season, I'm going to go out and check out what's on sale. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. And then I find, no, that's not what it is at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool that, you, you, that they're starting this now. It's going to be a, a yearly thing um, that they can go, the retailers can go check out what's, What's there? You yeah. Know? What's new? What's hot? And they don't. Because... And they don't have to lose time from their stores. No, exactly. Right? They don't have to close anything down yeah. because it's already end of season. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's going to happen in um, Madison, Wisconsin, at the end of the month, and the end of August here. And uh, I guess it's going to do it every year. I'm saying we apply for a media pass and go anyway. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, it would be actually very interesting to see all of the uh, all of the storefronts going in and looking at their products and yeah. all the retailers really pushing because they're going to be pushing all the new stuff and upcoming stuff for next, next season, year. Right. Right. So this is where you're going to see all of the groundbreaking new hull designs and all the new materials that canoes and paddles are made out of. And that they spent all summer getting yeah. going. So like if there's a new life jacket coming out, they're going to have it there. It's all, they're going to be really pushing because the retailers are the ones that are going to buy huge amounts Bulk. of this product. Right. Yeah. Like they're going to buy like, you know, a thousand dry bags or, or whatever, right? Like places like Sale and MEC, those are huge buying organizations. Oh yeah. They're going to, they're going to buy all that stuff. Yeah. And they, yeah, their and... guys are going to be in there and, and, uh, looking at all this stuff and, uh, yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, like I say, I, I, I first heard about this, uh, this week and I'm thinking, oh, this, this be another cool show to go check out. Yeah. And yeah, well, it's not really for... I, I want one of these and I want one of those and one of these yeah. and yeah, give honestly, me one of those. It would be so interesting to go. It would just to see. Just to see. Window shop. It's a window shop, yeah. Because you're going to see stuff that you wouldn't normally see. This is geared mm-hmm. towards a retailer. So I think I, I would still like to go. I think it would be very interesting to see. Well, it's only an 11 hour drive. Yeah. It's only, yeah. It's at the same location, Canucopia, is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Dude, I just drove across the country and back. 11 hours is nothing. (laughs) We call that Tuesday in my house. (laughs) I just drove 25 minutes to get to your house and that was way too long. (laughs) Well, we uh, did some driving on the weekend. Um, We talk about our trips a lot. You know, trips we're doing, trips other people are doing. and, And with summer, you've only got so much time to do these trips. And I mean, we know people that are, you know, they're up in, up in the Northwest Territories. And so, I mean, we did our, our, our cross Canada trip, you know, uh, 17 days. 
you're doing that once. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing that once a summer. Yeah, so, it's a one-off. It's yeah. You know, and these longer trips. So when you do your big trip and you're kind of thinking, okay, well, we're home now. You're getting back into the swing of work and whatever. Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I'm thinking for a lot of people, that is it. Yes. Right? Well, they've spent their fun money for the season. And, and so it's going to be harder. It, it's it, even with backcountry camping, unless you're going to Crown Land, it tends to be pretty expensive. Like, camp, yeah. for example, camping in Algonquin Park, it is not cheap. No. For backcountry passes, for non-service sites, it's rather expensive. It is. And it's getting more and more. more I mean, when yeah. we first started, I think it was 20-something a night. No, not even. I think no, it was, no, it was like seven or eight bucks a night plus fees. Yeah, plus fees. Yeah. Uh, re- reservation fees and stuff. Yeah. And now... Now it's uh, it's like getting a motel. Well, not quite that. But... Well, depending on how many people are on your site, right? Well, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So yeah. for me and the family, there's four of us. And uh, so we, I can't remember what it cost. It was, um, was it five nights? It was like a hundred bucks. So about a hundred bucks a night or something. But then we had on top of that, we rented a cabin mm-hmm. for two nights and that was 170 that was, alone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll add up these mm-hmm. things. But I love a long canoe trip. I love looking over the maps, planning the route, planning where to camp every night, you know, planning meals, dehydrating, uh, trying to get creative so that you're, you know, you're not eating the same stuff yeah. over and over. Uh, the excitement of getting together with your buddies and getting away, you know, from the city, get back into nature, that sort of thing. Evening campfires under the stars, yeah. sleeping yeah. in a tent. I love doing all that. But it's not easy to do that all the time. There's a lot of logistics involved. There really is. And the time. The yeah. time is the big thing. Yeah. You know, life gets busy, home stuff, kids works, kids got sports mm-hmm. and all that sort of garbage too. And, you know, so the next best option, day trips. Yes. We've talked before, I don't know, on another episode ages ago about doing local paddling, mm-hmm. right? And that's where your day trip comes in. And that's what I want to talk about today is why day tripping can be so much fun and why it can be just as much fun and exciting as a long trip. Well, yeah, there's, there's what, certain bonuses. There's certain bonuses and drawbacks to everything you do. And so with a day trip, I think it's... Uh it meets certain criteria for you. You just, you can just get out quickly, go out for the day and do something. It's. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's local. You don't have to drive 10 hours to yeah. wherever you're going and then load up your canoe with. Well, you could of drive gear. 10 hours. Well, but yeah. it's... <laughs> That's a long day trip. <laughs> 10 hours there, 10 hours back and four hours paddling. There's your day. Yeah. Um, things to consider. How far are you willing to travel? How early are you willing to leave the house in the morning? Now, my house is a, let's leave at three, four in the morning. Your house is a, well, let's leave it. Well, if it was me alone, <laughs> it's three, four in the morning, but yeah, you things got don't work out so well for the kids, right? Yeah. So uh, you got to feed the, like I can leave the house without eating breakfast. Kids and... don't need to eat. What? <laughs> <laughs> Throw what? a bagel or a donut. Children Aid Society apparently yeah. claims that they do need to eat. Oh, Children's Aid, <laughs> what do they know? Um... And not only how, what time you're willing to leave in the morning, but how late are you willing exactly. to stay out? Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Do you work the next day or, or what? Yeah. Is it a Saturday you're going out? Is it a Sunday you're going out? How far are you driving? Um, what kind, you know, and you got to look out what kind of bodies of water are within a decent area yeah. to where you live. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're looking to, to drive an hour, no more than an hour. Yeah. What is within that hour drive of you in all directions? And I, we learned something what is within an hour drive of us, pretty much. What did we learn? <laughs> the Peterborough lift locks are yes, within an hour. Absolutely. Right. And you know, it never occurred to me, well, it never occurred to me to do the Peterborough lift locks before because you have to pay to get through them. And, and even with a 14 foot canoe, you're paying like a, a bucket a foot. So there's 14 bucks just one way. And yeah. so it gets, it gets expensive, but with Canada's 150 this year. Everything's free. It's a federal site. It's a federal uh, location so it's free freebies yeah i like freebies so that was exciting that was fun to do is i've never been through a lift lock before so it was uh it was interesting yeah so and basically this is what we do we just we set up a meeting because I, I talked to derek about doing some paddling and uh had mentioned let's get our families together and we'll put the invite to whoever wants to meet up uh we're going to go to the peterborough lift lock and we're going to cruise up 
the, the Trent Canal for a while. Maybe hit another lock or two, depending on how fast everybody paddles. Yeah. We'll pull out. We'll do a nice little picnic lunch. We'll turn around. We'll come right on back. Nice, easy peasy day. It was nice. So we set out. We we met at 8 a.m. Uh, in Peterborough at the lift lock. Got all our gear together. Launched our canoes. Yeah. Our families in our canoes, our day pack, that sort of stuff. Not too much. Uh, zipped up to the lock and... Uh, uh, and that's the thing is you have to have a, uh, you have to register. Yes. And they don't register at the lift lock. You got to yeah, go to either the weird, one before eh? or the one yeah. after. So I'm just like, so the girl there told me, go up to the, find some staff by the lift lock and just say, you know, can we go through? We're going to go up to the next one and we'll register there. Yeah. They'll probably let you through. She didn't tell me it was a staircase to heaven. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sitting there trying to have a conversation with the guy at the top of these 300 stairs yeah. that went almost straight up. I'm wheezing like a half dead old man trying to, <laughs> we're, we're going to, we're going to go through the, through the, through the lock in our canoe, canoes. Smooth old man. Right after I die. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so he said, you know what? Yeah, not a problem. Just pull up to the blue line when you guys are all ready to go and we'll get you in the lock. And, and I guess they contact, uh, the locks will say, you know, we got people here that are going through. Is anybody else? through. Here's on the way. Yeah. So yeah, when so we there got there, we waited for the next, like, the next boats from the, the yeah. previous lock to come <laughs> when up. We waited there for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, what are they waiting for? Next thing you know, we were surrounded by all these power boats. Yeah. These there big was, boats. Uh, there was uh, three huge ones and two smaller ones, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a couple behind us and there was two right beside it. Massive yeah. things. And we're these two, two little canoes. <laughs> 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 Who brought the tubby toys? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, we pulled into this, this lift lock and everybody was all settled. And all of a sudden, up it goes and the other side comes down. And, I mean, the, the, the kids themselves, your kids just they thoroughly it. enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. But I mean, even myself, like I've never been in a lock like that before mm-hmm. in a canoe. Yeah. And you're, you're going up and you're, it's that, even I'm thinking like, this is cool. Yeah. Right. Um, we got to the top of that. We zipped on down. We, it was a nice, easy paddle all the way to the next lock. We saw, I mean, all the wildflowers. Um, we saw other paddlers. We saw boats. We saw birds. You know, it was, it was a beautiful day. The weather was great and we're just paddling nice, easy, having a chit chat and you know, nothing strenuous, totally stress-free. Yeah. We get to the next lock and we were the only one, because of course the boats that were with us just, you know, they're not waiting for us apparently. Yeah. (laughs) That's in greats. (laughs) So we get to the other, the, the next lock and we're the only ones there. So in we go. And of course it's, it's the lower level. And it's the old style lock where they pump in the water mm-hmm. and your boats rise. Well, that's some pretty turbulent water that comes in. <laughs> it was pretty right? crazy. <laughs> and I think she controlled which way the water was flowing. There's uh, on each of the doors, there was a big butterfly valve at the base of the door and she's cranking away and you can hear the clink, 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 just like the you're raising the gate on a uh, castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> clink, 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 clink. And then the water just rushed through and... Uh, it, she opened it so that it only flowed on the opposite side of where we were holding onto the wall. But then it hit the, the lower door and circled around behind us. Yeah. And it was, looked like it was all frothy white water ahead of us. Circled around. Suddenly we were being pulled away from the wall because the water came up behind us and started flowing and, and pushing us away from the wall. It was, uh, it was pretty exciting. And I'm thinking at first I thought, oh, this is neat. And then I started thinking, oh, this is. Yeah, I would not have wanted to be in there. children in my canoe. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the children, save me. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I would have been a bit more paranoid being in there with other boats, like with big boats. Yes, because right? everybody's moving around. Everybody would have been moving yeah. around and you'd be sitting there. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know which way to look. Uh, so, but we got to the top, you know, it all came up and the girl came out and, you know, she brought her book out and registered mm-hmm. us and gave us a sticker yep. and, and the whole, which is, you know, another cool thing that I've never yeah. done before. And I now have a sticker to register my canoe going through the lift lock yeah. system. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the doors opened and out we paddled and just yep. past the lock was a nice big green space with picnic tables and trees. What a trees beautiful and area that was. It, it was. Like yeah. it's a little park in itself. Yeah. Like, so we just get up there, hauled the canoes up, 
uh, got all our stuff out. We had a really nice lunch and took the kids over to watch some of the big boats. And that was one massive big boat that came through. Yeah, too. there was a couple of big ones. Yeah. There. It was like, holy cow. Yeah, <laughs> and watch that. And I like that because while you're sitting there watching, you're watching how they're working the locks themselves. Yes. Right? Because they have the employees there that yeah. that, that run it all. And you're, you're watching how everything works. And it's like old, old, old technology. Yes. You know, yeah. it's all based on the water and, and gravity. Big old wooden doors, water yeah. just, yeah, it's balancing. It's, it's and like, what was interesting is, uh, so at the, when we went through the second lock, which was not a lift lock, it's just a... Uh, regular door regular lock. Regular door lock. And uh, so when we came through, we, they dumped the water into the lock to bring us up to the level and then we pass through. So there's three ways the water gets past that point. One is the lift lock. One is a uh, an old dam that it just washes over with uh, stop logs. And then there's a hydroelectric dam on the third channel of water. You never went over there. I went over the kids. I saw the it. big waterfall thing there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but what was interesting is when we got up, so they had opened the gates, filled the lock. We paddled out. We pulled up to the side of the, uh, the, the waterway, the Trent, Trent Severn, to get out. Mm-hmm. So you got out and you stood on some rocks. Mm-hmm. And... At that time, the water had just been lowered because it filled the lock. Oh, yes. And then as you're standing there with your dry she- sneakers. Sneakers on. The water level water rises shoes. back up about six or eight inches and then you're... My sneakers became water shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the water level rose yeah. about three inches. But what would that be? We uh, probably two or three Olympic-sized swimming pools going into that lock. Yeah. That's, that's how big it is. That's a lot of water that's going in. Yeah. Well, I walked across with my kids yep. and little Beckett, four-year-old, he does not want help. So as we walk, we, we, you walk across the doors to get mm-hmm. over to the other half of the park. And so these gates and these fences are not made to keep children in. They're just yeah. a guide. Don't. It's to keep the, the adults so in. <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to Beckett. He's getting angry because I'm holding on to him. And off to my right as we're passing over this huge wooden lock door is like 40 feet down to the bottom of the lock. It's like, Beckett, you're going to fall. If he fell to the left, it would be like a three-foot fall into the water. The other way, it'd be a 40-foot fall into the water. (laughs) (laughs) And depending on how you're feeling that day. (laughs) I was was almost ready to push him in. He was so angry because he he didn't want me to help him across the uh, the Oh, they get so independent. (laughs) And he's four. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we did our picnic thing. We did our sightseeing stuff. And you know what? It was really good. And we're looking at the time and, and whatnot. And yeah, we went right back through the lock. And now the, this time going through the lock, the, the water, water just was, drops straight out. So yeah. you're just like this constant, yeah. like a little slow elevator going down. Yeah, I did nice and time calm lapse and, It was pretty cool. Yeah. And that was cool. And then the doors open and out yeah. you go. And we did the nice paddle back again. Now we were going with the current this time. So we did go back a little bit faster, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know what? Everybody's getting there and we got back to the lift lock, um, went through the lift lock again and we were right at the front. And again, some big boats in with us at that point. And we went all the way back down and then we, yeah, pulled out to where we had we put, put in in, in, in yeah. the morning and, and, uh, hopped back to our vehicles, loaded up and went our separate ways. It was a nice little day trip. It was what, about eight hours we were gone? Yeah, we put in. You know what's a good like day 10. when you don't even think about the time? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. It was like 9 or 10 a.m., wasn't it? We got there for 8. We were in at 9 and we waited. We were in the water by about 9. Sorry, 9, 9.30. Because she opened, the, she opened at 9, yes. Yeah. yeah, so 9.30 we were in the water mm-hmm. waiting at the blue line for them to, to yeah. let us in. Um, and we but yeah, left. you know what? It was great. It was stress-free. We We had new experience, and this was all within an hour of our house. Yeah. And it was a beautiful day trip. Mm-hmm. Um, no logistics of packing the tent and yeah. making sure you have all the gear you need. It's like, well, if you don't have it, you will buy it. Or yeah, it's you're just, at a, we're just, near a we're Canadian just tire sort of thing. Trip and it was nice. Yeah. So that was what we did on the Saturday. And then the Sunday, um, we hooked up with Camper Christina and we went to QE2 Wildlands Provincial Park, which was an, it took me an hour and 40 minutes. It took me an hour and 
15. Yeah, but you go but about... I'm closer. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, I'm you can closer. go down the 35, right? I, I had to do... straight up to the 35. I stopped in the store to get a pop before, for the ride home. Yeah. Right? And I think, you know, I'm going to get a root beer or a Coke or something and for the drive home. And uh, I'd mentioned to her, yeah, I got to drive back to Ajax. She says, there's an accident in Beaverton on the 12th. You're going to get stuck behind it. Unless, and she told me a back route to go and I looked yeah. on the map. Oh man, I just flew. <laughs> it was like, I didn't even skip a beat. Well, it's a good thing you stopped. I was a good thing I stopped. <laughs> um, so again, we, we, another day trip, all you're doing is you're packing your gear. The only thing different thing we did was threw fishing gear in. Yes. Right. So we could yep. do a bit of fishing. Um, you threw your bikini in. <laughs> Um, and then, <laughs> you know, yeah, we threw it up we said, Hey, let's all meet at eight. And we, we met, uh, where we're going to put the canoes in at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah. did a little chit chat and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, off we went across Head Lake down river, one portage, another river into Fishhog Lake. It's a nice park. It very much reminds me of a bit of rougher of the Algonquin Park. So there's yeah. it's more rocky, more uh, uh, Canadian It's shield. not as used as much. Yeah. And I looked on my Ontario map. It's not even shown. Yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I think I only ever first learned that it even existed just within the last year. And uh, I just happened to see it somewhere. Somebody had a YouTube video somewhere and I thought, oh, what is that? What is he talking about? I wonder where that is. Is that up Northern Ontario? No, it's like an hour and 15 minutes away. Yeah. QE2 Wildlands Provincial Park. It's a non-operational park. Boy, it's a beautiful park. Again, a beautiful spot for a day trip. Yeah, it was a little bit farther than Peterborough, but not a biggie. Um, so yeah, we paddled in, hit the rivers, hit the lakes. You know, we chit-chatted as we're going. Nice, easy, slow paddle. Camper Christina was doing some filming and stuff yep. like that. And we're, you know, asking us about our show and why we do it and all that, doing the interview thing, which I know she's doing a, a blog of our day together yes. and a couple of videos. She's doing a blog and a vlog. Blog and vlog. Yes. And i um, going to be posting that. Um, I think they actually might be up already. Nope. Yes. Because today's Wednesday. Yes. Thursday. You're right. Tuesday. Yeah. I think she, I think she does her stuff on Tuesdays. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got to see it ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, you know what? We, we stopped, we got out of our canoes. We had, a, we sat around, had a lunch and chatted, did some shore fishing, uh, went for a quick dip, uh, jumped back into the canoes and, and headed on back. And again, it was nice, easy paddle back until we got to Head Lake, of course. Um, because the winds of, you know, the afternoon winds picked yeah. up and it was, it was what, an hour and a half of. Solid paddling, which was and tons the of only, fun. The only reason why it was more work, well, I found for me, is I was paddling a two-person canoe solo. So the f nose of it, I, I threw, I filled my uh, dry bag full of water. So I had like, I don't know, uh, say, what, I say 10 gallons? No, five gallons? So, yeah, yeah. Five or six yeah. gallons of water. So I had a lot of extra weight. So there's the probably front. an extra 60, yep. 70 pounds of water in the nose of the canoe. So that helped a lot, but I'm used to paddling double, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have a solo canoe. Yours, your solo canoe. My canoes, Osprey is beautiful. I was really impressed with how easily you paddled into the wind or against the wind and stuff like that. It was- It's uh, all my skills, buddy. It's all me. No, it was a canoe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, I, I have a Swift Osprey and it likes to turn into the wind- um, which I've been trying to go against the wind before and mm -hmm. it just wants to turn. I, I don't know yeah. what the deal is, but yeah, today or that day, the, the winds were perfect and I could just make a beeline and it was like pretty effortless. Yeah. And then I look behind, Christina's got the kayak yeah. paddle in her yeah. solo, you we know, both struggled. And like you guys she, struggle and I was, was just like, a, oh, whatever. Uh, she was in that, uh, skin on frame kayak yep. that she borrowed. Canoe thing. Yeah. And so it's super light and because it's super light, it doesn't sit deep into the water enough. Yeah. So it, she got it's blown affected around. by the wind a lot. And I have a, uh, Kevlar canoe and it's only 42 pounds and, uh, and just what with weight balance it was it was tail heavy and so it's i was blown around it too until i put the big bag of water up front so yeah. it was uh yeah. that made a difference it, yeah if yeah. I, I wish i thought about well, that that's what my old my old uh tandem freighter i used to i would paddle that solo it was a beast but i always loaded the front end 
just yeah. loaded it right down. Just to keep it just in the water. Just to keep it in the yeah. water, yeah. Just keep that nose down. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was it was a stress-free day, you know, like... It was a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Yeah. You and Christina both caught a ton of fish. We made fun of you pretty big too. <laughs> Zoolander. Derek Zoolander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely check out Christina's blog and vlog. You'll uh, get quite yeah. the kick out of what happened. Uh, so in one weekend, we were able to explore two completely different areas that offered totally different experiences. Yes. One without the kids, one with the kids. Yeah. You know, without family, with family sort of thing. Day one, locks and canal in a semi-urban setting. And day two is more away from civilization and back to nature. Mm -hmm. The opportunities to explore and experience new things are, I mean, they're right at your doorstep. Yeah. You know, and with the age of the internet, it's not hard to find them. No, it's, uh, yeah, it was pretty interesting. And some of the stuff we saw is the diversity of like, you know, the QE2 and, and uh, the lift lock system and stuff. Like one thing I found interesting is when we paddled past Trent University. Yeah. Like it's built right into the water. Right into the water. Yeah. And that was so cool to be able to paddle past that. Well, and uh, seeing the houses right along yeah. and the paths and staircases yeah. coming right down to the water where you People could launch actually, your canoe. their backyards back onto the Trent Severn yeah. Waterway. How awesome fun is, is that, that? Eh? How fun is that? So, <laughs> so advantages to day tripping. One, not a lot of gear to carry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not portaging tents you're, and... You're light on the logistics. Yes. Two, close to home. Three, easier to find paddling partners as people tend to be too busy for multi-day trips. Yes. Right? I mean, the fact that we can go on two day trips in one weekend, oh, oh, right? Yeah. With yeah. different people. Um, four, good way to introduce others to paddling. Oh, yes. Because you don't know if they're going to like it. A, a, yeah. a, like a, and you can just, well, we're not you don't want to get them. so we can yeah. leave. And Seven lakes in and they're just like, okay, you know what? Yeah, this is not for me. Yeah, let's leave. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we leave now, we're paddling at three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, large water routes are not needed like you, you need for a multi-day trip. Exactly. So, you know, a little local river, lake, reservoir, yeah. that'll do. You're just going to spelunk around and investigate local things. Exactly. So that'll do. Um, picnic lunch, because who doesn't like a good picnic lunch? Yes. Right? Uh, great way to train your new canoe dog. <laughs> yeah. Right? Local yeah. water, let's just go yeah. down. And, um, easy to plan if you get an unexpected last minute of free time. So if all of a sudden... Plans crash. Yeah, you got a day um, off. Yeah, I'm going to go find some local water Let's and go to the QE2. Just do a quick little day trip, right? Uh, less stress to plan than a multi day trip. Oh, yeah. Great stress reliever in a hectic life. It would be. You get your mind off things just for a well, day. Well, look, look at the Saturday. Mm hmm. Just paddling along the, the yeah. Severn with the kids and all that. And you're, I mean, usually you're at home going, okay, what's that kid doing? What's that kid doing? Okay, I got to feed him now because, you know, the wife says I have to, uh, but here, you know what? Everybody's yeah. having a great time. They were had their, their, their paddles in the water trying to help and they're giggling back and forth and you know, it, it'll great stress reliever. They were tired by the end of the day. They're getting oh, yeah. grumpy. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's a long day for kids though, right? Yeah. Um, after a busy day at work, you come home, grab a portable dinner and go paddle for a couple hours in the evening. It doesn't have to be a full day. Yeah. But yeah, you just go grab, you know, make some sandwiches for your dinner or whatever and go out for a nice little little uh, paddle and exactly. enjoy yourself. So day tripping is definitely something to look at. It doesn't have to be a full, full on, you know, like multi-day trip. Yes. You know, like, I mean, like I say, you, you do your couple of weeks vacation with the family and then, then what? Yeah. And we marvel at this. Like, it's not often that I do day trips. I don't think it's often you do day trips, but I think it's because we are canoe trippers and canoe trippers tend to do epic trips, yeah. longer trips, long weekend trips. Whereas anybody who's listening who kayaks or paddleboards, they're saying, well, what are you talking about? We, that's all I do is day trip, right? So it's, it's, uh, I think it's dependent on the craft that you choose to use. I think so. Like stand up paddle boards, that's all you're going to do. It's day trips. It's, it's the, it's going to be a unique event that you're going to do an overnighter or a trip with a stand up paddle board. Yeah. And, uh, with a kayak, it's, you're, you're relegated to specific environments like Georgian Bay. You're, you're on open water, you're on ocean water, you're, you're you're traveling without portages mostly, and again, the, you know, yeah. I mean, there's a few a, people that do do, that, but yeah, 
And yeah. people make fun of people that uh, portage, portage with kayaks, kayaks. But you know what? You can do whatever you want. It's yeah. your boat. It's your life. Yeah. You want to do the work, buddy? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you don't do day trips, consider it. Yes. Start looking at the bodies of water that are within an hour, two hour drive of you. Yeah. That you wouldn't think of doing because, you know, like I say, it's not long enough to do over multi-days. Mm-hmm. And, and start checking it out. So I kind of forgot about doing day trips, right? It's kind of one of those, until we planned to do the lift locks, then the QE2 with Christina, it was, it's one of those things. It's like, well, okay, I'm going to go canoeing. Okay, well, let's plan a long weekend. Let's plan a week. Yeah. You know, a week is planning. You know, it's, it's always that. I've, it's, I've got out of the habit of thinking of doing just a day trip. One or two. Yeah. Yeah. One or two day trips in a weekend funny how kind of, you, you kind of have the blinders on for some stuff like that. Well, and still, you know, like you got somebody that, yeah, I can, I can do Saturday, but I can't do a long trip. Yeah. Somebody, well, I can do Sunday, but I can't do a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Saturday and Sunday. Win, win. Winner, yeah. winner, chicken dinner, baby. Yeah. So anyway, keep that in mind. Uh, day tripping, it's the way to go. If you can't, if, you, if you're running out of time and vacation and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you have just short time to get Everybody away. gets the weekend. It's essentially something to look at. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and talk about a couple small uh small things. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. And welcome back. Uh, a couple of little things. We don't have a whole lot of time left here. Spent too much time talking about day tripping. Yes. It's a good topic. It was a good topic. Um, we've talked about Mike Ranta. Mike Ranta's doing his third cross Canada trip. Um, solo canoe with his dog Spitzy. Uh, you can check him out, MikeRanta.ca, and find out more about Mike. This year, however... Uh, he's got somebody following him, David A. Jackson. He's a photographer. You can check out David Jackson's stuff at davidjacksonphoto.com. Uh, he's got a gallery of stuff that he's been taking pictures of Mike Ranta there, uh, pretty much up to date by the looks of it. Uh, he's got some really, really nice photos on that page. Being a photographer myself, I'm looking at his stuff and thinking, wow, this is uh, some really nice stuff. Uh, I, the reason I mention him is I came across his Facebook page, just following, you know, following up on Mike and stuff like that. And I, I came to David's page and I just like to read something that he posted on March 3rd of this year. So before the trip even started across Canada, he says, I've spent the two months past in a state of preparation, both technically and mentally. On Tuesday, I board a train to Kamloops, BC, where Canada's last voyageur will pick me up. The weeks leading up to April 1st will see Mike Ranta raiding his gear, mind, and body for his third crossing of the North American continent, solo, by canoe, with his dog Spitzy. The trip spans over 7,500 kilometers and will take in excess of 200 days. I've held off mentioning this, but I know it is time. This year, 2017, I will be paddling my own 18-foot canoe as I document the Canadian landscape, both socially and geographically, through the perspective of Canada's last voyageur. I'd like to speak more to the details early next week, but for now, it's off my chest. Last night, I walked into the woods, had a fire with tea, and contemplated the relative ease which life has ebbed on. Soon days will be a perpetual state of flow and story, of hardship and pain, of beauty and meaning. He wrote that uh, just before just, be, just before he boarded a train to yeah. go out, meet up with Mike Ranta, and start this trip. Everybody's talking about 
uh, Mike Ranta doing his third trip across. Yeah. And they say, yeah, he's got a guy following him, but David is doing the same thing. Exactly. But he's I'm just also a no. You're traveling. Yeah, he's across traveling this too, <laughs> and he's following and he's doing everything and seeing it all. Yes, through his camera lens and he's capturing it. Yeah. Whereas you know, Mike Mike's got the memories. Yeah, you know, and he's he's taken some pictures in the past from his his phone and stuff like that. But the photos he's taking that David Jackson is taking is like yeah. phenomenal. Just some of the stuff out there and the fact that he's doing it with Mike. Yeah, at the same time. It's incredible. It's, like it it's, really is. It, you think about it, it's like, uh, like he's not just going there to do photography. He's like taking the same trip. He's the doing same the same hardships. I and and you know what? When it's all said and done, I really want to see what what he comes out with. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if he's doing video or not of it, but with the photos and stuff, that's going to make you know with the story. A photo essay. He's going to make yeah. a fantastic photo essay. I I, I that's a book. I I'll, I'll yeah. be I'll be throwing some money yeah. at. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So check out davidjacksonphoto.com. And uh, again, you can check out mikeranta.ca as well. And follow these two guys, see what they're doing and how far they're coming along. I know lately they've been, uh, or last week there, they were having some issues and uh, they were high winds and weather and stuff through uh, Winnipeg, north of Winnipeg in the lakes, big lakes and stuff like that. So hopefully they've got all through there and, you know, things get, moving along pretty quickly for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, congrats to the two of them so far on, on the journey they've done. And I'm really looking forward to see what comes out of this. Um, another quick little topic I want to talk about is knots. Now, I got a book for Christmas, The Ultimate ultimate Book of Everyday Knots, because I had mentioned that, you know, I want to get back into learning my knots that I've forgotten over the years and stuff like that. And I don't want to do just the granny knot, the reef knot, and, you know, a couple other ones. There are, check this out, animatednots.com on your on your computer or you can get apps now yes right you can go you can get the animated app now most of them cost you a few bucks the uh, animated one is seven bucks for the app which is surprising for an app yeah um there's other ones that were like 12 bucks oh, yeah? there is there is a free one i can't remember the name of it but if you go if you uh do the search in apps on your phone it'll there there is one yeah. free one there but the website itself is free. There's free little videos showing how to do. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. what it is. It, it, it you type in the night the the name of the yeah. the knot you want. You can you can do it by activity type or name, mm-hmm. and then you click on it, and then it says what it is, and then you say show me how to do it, and a little video opens up yeah. of somebody actually tying Doing it the knot, yeah. and explaining it, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool because you can play it over and over, so you can sit in front of your computer with rope, <laughs> and yeah. practice your knots. You can sit at the campsite or wherever if you if you got the app and yeah. practice your not you don't have to haul a big book around exactly. with you. Yeah. But I mean I I like a big book. Yeah, and and it's it's fire starter if you need it. That's true. <laughs> I can't do that not in the fire it goes. I can't do that not in the fire it goes. Ah, the book's going in the fire. <laughs> Everybody should learn knots. It's it's important. Like uh, I it's it's I don't make too much fun of them, but uh, I just uh, finished a trip with uh, Mike Burns and and he's one of those guys who, if you can't tie knots, you tie lots. And he just has these chains of knots all the time. And when he's tying stuff off and, and, uh, he, well, some people just never bothered to learn. Right. So, so I just thought it was funny and I was always tying knots for him and whatever. It was, it was interesting. I, I learned quite a few knots. I had to, I was used to be in the military. I was in the Navy. And so I learned a lot of knots, a lot of rope tying skills and stuff like that from when I was in the Navy. So it was, it's one of those skills that's important to, uh, be able to control and, you know, control your craft and tie a, tie a boat off securely. So, you know, you're not going to lose it during the night if it's in the water or, or if you're just uh, doing a shore lunch tied to a tree. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's important to be able to be able to tie stuff off. Well, there's so many things that you use knots for, like even on a, on a, like a canoe trip. You got tarps, tent lines. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, your, your canoe lines, if you're lining yeah. stuff, it's mm-hmm. tying stuff in. You know, I mean, there's so many different types of knots to use for hanging a, your uh, food bag from the tree. Yes. Right? I mean. And it's easy enough to tie a bad knot. It's like, who cares? Oh, you, I ain't you making tie that. a bad knot. The problem is, is if you tie a bad knot, it's, you end up some of the time is uh, just cutting the rope and giving you. Yes, because you uh, can't get it undone. Every day, you, every time you tie a knot, you lose six inches of rope because you can't get it undone. So you cut another second of rope off. 
right? So it's uh, like if you're trying to get your food bag out of the tree in the morning and, and you, you tied a bad knot, you're struggling with it. And, you know, especially when the black flies are out or whatever, and you're struggling to untie knots. So once you learn how to tie a proper knot, like a decent bowline or, or whatever, then then that that is that's money in the bank. That saves you time on both ends, tying it and then especially untying it. Nah, untying is for wimps. <laughs> Just cut it off. <laughs> Just cut it and leave the string. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Like I say, there's there's knots that you know all the time and, and whatnot. And and um then yeah, and then there's other ones you're just like Nah, I'm just going to tie like 15 granny knots in yeah. a row. <laughs> How many times have you been to a campsite where you see ropes hanging from trees because people have tied a knot and they just can't get it undone? So yeah. the rope is in the tree forever now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's been times where I'm just like, oh. but um, my big thing is leaving, not leaving too much of a tail either. So I'll just wrap, yeah. wrap it around a tree 57 times. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, that's, I think, about time uh, for our show this week. And, uh, yeah, day trips, knots. Day trips, knots. And David Jackson, David Jackson photo. photos. Yeah, like I say, it's... Uh, it's it's a worth perusing his photos. He, he's really good at photography. He's re, he's good. He's well, he's skilled. done a couple of portraits of Mike that are yeah. like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some really nice pictures of Mike Ranta. Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, thank everybody for listening. Check us out on Facebook. PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, because there are some stuff on YouTube now. You can find uh, past episodes of our show on iTunes and Google Play. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spest. We'll see you next time. <laughs>